Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. Hello, and welcome back for part two of last week's episode. Enjoy. but it's just interesting how that can still live in my nervous system. Like even, and then, yeah, just even if when I'm in the house alone versus when my husband's at home, you know, the person I feel the safest and most, you know, relaxed around probably in the world that even if he's just in the house somewhere, I think differently. I attune differently. I turn toward or away from things differently. And so it's, it's just interesting for anybody else out there that maybe could relate that there's these different levels of, and there's different ways of practicing. So practicing attuning to myself around you, Frank, who I feel safe and comfortable with around my husband is a place to begin, you know, that growth so that when I go into a situation that might be a little bit more stressful or a little bit more unpredictable or something that the practice, the scales, you know, serves me. So, yeah. And interesting, I, I'm going to choose not to go into the full version of the story of, around this, but one morning I had a conversation with my uncle, and still so my uncle has just about zero experience with therapy. And so we start to engage in the conversation around that, and he's asking me some questions about you know, habits or th- things, you know, things that bother him in his life. And it became a really interesting well, I guess I'll say a couple things. It was very interesting. So one, to set the stage, my, my uncle is sitting next to me with a MAGA hat on. I am not a MAGA supporter. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, my, and my history, actually, the last time I got to hang out with my uncle was right bef- in, in 2016. And so at that time, before the election, and at that time, so to be clear, I'm not a Trump supporter. Is anybody was well, curious about that? Curious about that. <laughs> I'm sure. I am many things, but I'm not that. My uncle and I have had back then, you know, say 2016, had some spirited, but not not animosity filled debates about that. Disagreeing, you know, obviously disagreeing. So there's some history of that. However, in the years past, I would say I have gotten way less politically focused and way more spiritually, emotionally focused, and I. And my uncle is still very politically focused. So we're having a conversation and at every opportunity, he is turning the conversation in my, you know, my perception, the conversation is, is being spun into a conversation about politics and a conversation about his repeating this point that the, pro- well, here's the problem. And the problem is because of those Democrats, which the underlying assumption is 
course, you're, you, Frank, are one of those. So I could feel this subtle and get wanting to engage in a, in, in the argument. He want, you know, I can feel my perception if he wants to argue about politics with me and I don't want to. So at multiple times when they would veer in that direction, I would just say, you know, uncle, I, I'm really not in, you know, I really have. I'm aware you, you know, you're, you're bringing it back to politics. I'm just aware I have no interest in talking about politics. I, I'm very interested in talking to you about this stuff, but I'm really not interested in that. And he, and he would hear that and he would still almost compulsively, I would say, would veer it back and I would repeat it. And then he started to say, well, yeah. And then he started to, it was fascinating. And then he would start talking about that. He likes that. And this is why. And, and it was like, this is, he started to get into some of the the details as to how that plays a role in his emotional world. And we started to talk about that. So, it, you know, I was really able to kind of like keep the conversation in, in this direction, but at multiple times in the conversation, I would feel like he, he really wanted to get it. Like as he would ask me, how do you deal with this? How do you deal with that? And I would like exp- try to explain it to someone who doesn't have therapy ears, doesn't know, I doesn't know parts, doesn't know any of that. So I'm trying to give some things and it was working really well, but at times I can start to feel my nervous system getting activated because I really wanted him to get it. Mm. <laughs> like I really was invested in whether he got it or not. And when he would start to veer off and I would start to feel like, Oh, he's not getting it. I would start to feel this like, little bit of frustration almost or urgency and and i would when i would notice that that would be the moment because i could feel it in my body like i can feel it i could feel this leaning forward in me and i'd take a moment i'd close my eyes just for a second i wasn't really disconnecting from them totally but i would just kind of pause and go oh okay just breathe frank i could just feel what's happening in my body just just practicing scales now i'm not doing anything but just just being with breathing and then i could feel my body kind of softening and I could feel the attachment to him getting something softening. And then I could kind of return to the conversation and kind of ride that wave with him a little bit where I can feel myself in, in my act of trying to get him to not try to change other people. I could feel the impulse of me trying to change him, to get him to get not changing other people, but I'm trying <laughs> to change him into not trying to change other people. I'm like, no, okay, hold on. that I come from a completely different place but we had a really wonderful conversation that he found incredibly valuable which was so cool and and then like which I didn't know at the moment like I kind of like oh that felt good but then later like he came back and was he had told everyone oh I had such a great conversation and he helped helped me think about these things differently and you know he's talking about how he was you know, the things he gets triggered with, with other people. I kind of gave him this piece of like, when I'm arguing with myself about and with another person, I'm imagining, you know, and he was describing that, or when certain people do this, I just get stuck on it and I'm trying to convince them and I, or I'm in my mind, I'm just arguing with, you know, I'm arguing with them. And I kind of explained to him how, you know, I see that as just, it's not the other person. It's just me. And it's myself arguing with myself. And I kind of step out of it and I, you know, kind of, describe the IFS process in a way without really talking about IFS or anything like that at all. I just kind of broke it down a little bit. I stepped out of it and he was really like, that really helped him. He's like, I practiced that on the way home. I was able to not get all caught up. And I was like, no, this is all you. And you don't have to argue with them. And, you know, you just be in your space. And it really helped. And he was telling 
other people in the family this, that, you know, how much that conversation helped. And so that felt incredibly good. So that was really, it's just a great experience. So I want to kind of unpack that a little bit, but I, what I think is happening since that experience that I can see happening now is a little bit more confidence in my teacher. My teacher was like, <laughs> you all didn't do that. Fist, fist bumping. Yes. Yeah, I just did a big it's yes. <laughs> there, that, the teacher, because after I stepped out of that experience and I realized one, it had a big impact. One, it was, it was not an easy, like it was, it was a teaching moment for me because I had to ride these waves of like, agenda because yep. I can, right. I can feel there are things at stake for me here. If I can, if I can help my uncle, then he'll see my value. And then, but what, what's my narrative? My narrative is as a child, I was so unseen in the family. So there's something in me that really wants to be seen. And then, so then it's got something to prove, right? That, and that, that's not what I'm trying. That's not me and my higher self. I'm not trying to engage in a struggle to prove something to anyone. Interestingly, that's kind of one of the family, one of the other family strains of, of what I see and perceive as, you know, attack and parry and shift, blame shifting, you know, put the blame on you, put the blame back. Another yep. one that's refrain of you got to understand, like, that's like a family call. Like you, they're always trying to get someone else to understand. No, you got to understand. You got to understand this, but no, you got to understand this. And then it's just kind of going around. Everyone's trying to get understood but no one's being understood. And no one's um, probably even understanding themselves fully, right. like really seeing themselves. Yeah. And, and that could easily be me just engaging in the family drama. Well, you got to understand me, you know, and I could feel that at different points. I, I want you to understand me. And when I get into that place, I have very little hope of being understood, but the more I, and seen, but the more I can soften back from it, then I actually did get more seen and valued because I was able to step back from that. Okay, so I said a lot. I'm going to pause there. Gosh, it's it's there's so much rich stuff here. As so many sort of, at least for my life, maybe general, just human these fundamental kind of interactions that we come into, where we're coming from different viewpoints. This uh, you know kind of happened in in our last group where it's like two people have something really intense to say and they're they're saying but they're not listening or they're not you know yeah to to feel heard to feel seen to to have that be more paramount in your system than hearing and seeing you know and of course it kind of makes sense but it's just it's so exciting to hear that your seeing your part that had the agenda you're seeing your part that really wanted to be heard you are doing for yourself the thing this is how i see it you're doing for yourself the thing you're wanting the other person to do for you and by doing that you're able to actually be in actual relationship with them yeah yeah this uh, yeah those those that actually you you I feel really good towards you, Jess, because what you just said kind of, I don't know, I felt like it highlighted something for me and allowed me to see it a little more deeply. In those moments with when I was talking to my uncle, that's exactly what was happening. In those moments where I started to feel unseen by him, 
that is exactly the moment where I would pause and go inside. And the, and really, if you were in the room, you probably, this was so subtle, you wouldn't even notice it, but it's, I'm, my focus, my attention is shifting out from the outside, from my uncle and my, and my parts that have an agenda with him in that moment, even if it's only 55% of the agenda, you know, it may have been super strong, but it's there. And then returning to myself for that moment. And just, I had, you know, just a little moment of like, oh, I'm here with you. I see you. I'm here with you. Like, I know that this, what's really important is my relationship to you, to me, Frank. That's what's really important here. Not what my uncle is my uncle. He's okay. He's fine. <laughs> right. It's, it's about me wanting to, right. I want to be with myself. And that in the moment, self-attuning to myself in that moment, and just a, just a moment, but it is that moment that can bring me down just enough that I can soften and then I can be present to the other person. And then because of that, it creates an environment in which I can more readily be seen. If I had been full, you know, no self-awareness, trying to get my uncle to understand this and I'm pushing, th that probably would have easily shifted into a kind of a return into the blame cycle in some way, right? That you got to understand me. And then he's going to come back with, you got to understand me. I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to understand, you know, and then that might've landed on it feeling very frustrating for me or for him. But for me to be caring and attuned to myself and taking care of my own need to be seen in that moment. No, I see me. I see you, Frank. I'm here with you that allowed space for the other person. And then I actually did feel seen by the other person because of that. Yeah. The other thing, as you were saying that, that came alive in my system, all, all this feels really good. I'm sort of jumping to what the exciting content and, and skipping the part where I actually say that this, this feels really good. You know, I brought up this idea that something like this, not some, I don't know how to even say it, that this sort of, I could see this dynamic on the, from the outside in our group. I could see it. And I felt a lot of like pain at these two individuals having, you know, and I could relate it to moments when I've been in group and I've been feeling very similarly. And in those moments, sometimes the, the beginning of moving in the direction you're describing for me is just to say, this is such a big deal for me right now. I'm not finding my equilibrium. You know, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't find the relaxed part. That's okay with however this goes. Yeah. That's, you know, that's like just the very beginning of, of the scales. You know, so wanting to just say that to kind of broaden the spectrum that it's not, you bring attention to it and suddenly everything is fine. It's like, sometimes for me, it's like my nervous system is, and just saying, oh, my nervous system is whatever's happening. My thoughts are, my parts are just noting it in my own system. Like we used to talk about this idea of like ringing the bell. I see you. This is what's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that flashes me to the, the second strain of that, which is really deeply fascinating. And because there were moments in this weekend where I wasn't just like calm and quote unquote self-led. Well, I was self-led, but 
So I want to cut right to the important point, but it's it's going to open up this door of the whole second st- strain, which was mm-hmm. the second strain was that uh, of this weekend that's unfolding is that my mother has had a long history of being kind of on the fence with leaving her husband. And there's been a history of abuse in that situation. I'll just say, yeah, my, my mom feels threatened at times at, kind of what we call gaslighting, right? Where she has an experience and he'll deny that experience. And I'm trying to really speak to this in as neutral and non-judgmental as a way as I possibly can. And and just leave it in the realm of perception because this isn't about, I'm not coming on here to blame anyone, but the, the point mm-hmm. of fact in this weekend, a, situa- a situation arose, I don't want to, doesn't. I don't need to go into details. I, I could, it's not, the situation was really so, you know, kind of surface and not important. But the end result being my mother decided to not go back to Florida with her husband and decided to come to Portland here with me, which is where she is. So usually that's a big life change and it's unclear what, what that will look like or what that will mean. But I want to say in the middle of that, to give a kind of another another way of looking at this experience, talking about being flooded or being in that sense of, you know, my nervous system can't, you know, process. At various points in that, where my mother had kind of made this decision and then was kind of talking with her husband about that choice. And he was basically saying he, he can't get back he needs her to get back to Florida. He, he can't drive. He can drive, but he was saying he can't. And then the family was all trying to help this situation. So it was a big family kind of like, you know, and a lot of people have animosity towards my mom's husband for all these years of stuff that's been going on. How many years is it, if I may ask? Almost 30. Okay. 30. And I think in the last maybe 10, it's gotten particularly as she's been more and more unhappy and more and more maybe the last 10 to 20 years, I would say, somewhere in that range. But it's the levels of it has kind of increased as they've gotten older. The, so at any rate, there was a lot of chaos happening in terms of, you know, my, my mom can be, like I said, very emotional, very unclear about things, very easily swayed, easily bullied, if you want to use the term that way, easily pressured. And mm-hmm. so then that could cause people to, have strong rescuers that want yep. to, right? And to- Can I pause you for a second just to say to people, like those things you're describing can be read by others as like a victim energy and victim energy brings up people's rescuer energy, just yeah. kind of like that drama triangle dynamic. Yeah, go ahead. And so I was kind of in the midst of that for myself. There's an impulse to protect my mother and, you know, but I'm trying, I'm not trying to- in- treat her like a child either. She's a grown woman. She's 79 years old. So I don't need to do that. But also there's some, there's some gray area there because if someone's in a kind of where they've been browbeaten to a certain degree and they've, so there's some gray area in there. So I'm in the midst of that gray area. My family is also in the midst of that gray area, right? Different people have different levels of emotion towards my mom's husband, anger, different feelings. And some people are voicing that at the table, you know, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of emotional energy happening in the room. I was 
calm. I was very clear. I kind of knew I wasn't going to do something unless my mom asked me to. I wasn't going to, you know, make a statement and say something or say this is the way it's going to be or anything like that. I wasn't going to assert myself into their situation. That felt really clear to me as a point of respect. It's their situation. If, unless my mom, my mother came to me and said, I want you to do that, need you to do that, or ask me for that, I, I don't think I would do that. However, I was sitting at the table as that this was happening and I was really angry. And I just said lots of things. <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just really pissed. I'm, my patience with this human being has completely run out. And then I would, went on to say some very colorful things <laughs> about how I really wouldn't care if he died on the side of the road or something like that. You know, I, and I was very clear, though. I was like, I'm, I am tr I'm very upset. I'm very, I feel very protective of my mother right now. I feel really angry. I have no concern about him right now. My, you, I, I, you know, and everything that he's saying or doing, it feels to me, you know, I was just allowing myself to have the space to be on the drama triangle without being on it. Yes. Right? Does that make sense? So I was kind of allowing myself to, to make him into the bad guy for a second and not even make him to the bad guy, but make him into, you know, he, he, the other in this sense. And I was aware that I was doing that, but in a kind of contained way in that I wasn't engaging with him with that. I wasn't asserting my will in that regard. I wasn't like trying to manipulate the situation. What I was doing was expressing myself to my family. And it felt a little edgy to me right but i felt clear in it i felt okay like i was just sitting there just saying you know f him you know and i and i was saying it i you know like i'm not and i was really clear i'm not going to get in their business my mom is an adult and this is their relation you know i'm not going to get in the middle of it but i have no patience or tolerance for that human being in this moment and that's this way the way i feel right now is all i care about is my mom being safe and to me, if he gets how he gets home and however he does that, he can figure it out. He's a grown man. And if he can't, I don't really care. <laughs> that's not my issue. You know, that's kind of his problem. You know, maybe if you hadn't alienated all these people all this time, you wouldn't be in this situation. So that was my, I was very clear that I was, I don't know what word you want to say, activated, protective. You know, I wasn't sitting, I wasn't, I wouldn't have, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if I, you know, I'm not putting it on the scale of like how the Buddha would handle the situation in terms of like, yeah, I was angry. I was frustrated. I expressed my frustration. I allowed myself to be angry and frustrated. I allowed myself to voice that. I did state that I was venting out loud. I didn't, you know, I, I heard other people venting out loud and I didn't, I, I didn't react. I didn't join with them exactly, but I didn't react to it in any way really you know i just heard it i heard like oh, okay i see it's triggering that person's trauma i can see it happening and it's bringing up in me i'm like okay i see all this happening so i'll pause there and just see what's how all that's landing on you i'm feeling grateful toward you for your willingness to share this 
you know, that, that again, these human family, blah, 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 you know, it just feels valuable, feels valuable. And as you were speaking, you know, I was sort of asking myself some of the things you, you, you said, it was like, okay, like, what would, who was it came in my mind? The meditation teacher, Schumacher, John Schumacher. I've, I've heard a number of interviews with him, so I kind of know his personality. I'm like, what would he have done in this circumstance? You know what I mean? And not in a judgment, but more like, what other options are there? Like, what else does one do? And then the other thing that kept coming to me was anger serves a purpose. It has a certain energy. And what I was hearing you speak to is how it, sounded to me was allowing anger to sort of have the mic, but not necessarily drive the bus, so to speak, right? To say, okay, anger, let's hear from you in this meeting, right? What, what do you have to say about all this? And the importance that your system said, we want to hear from anger right now because anger has something to say that feels valuable and has some wisdom to it. It doesn't mean we're going to let anger choose our actions. And in fact, by letting anger, you know, or the parts that had the anger speak, it's less likely that they're going to go driving the bus off somewhere. Yeah. So that felt really powerful and good. And also a little bit like, it feels a little, I don't know if it felt this way in your system, but when I think about that much anger kind of coming up in me and letting it have voice, which is, I'm not, it's not as familiar. I don't have as many healthy, and maybe I do actually, if I thought about it, but encounters in my own system with allowing my anger to speak up, it feels a little bit like a wild horse. Like, is someone about to get hurt? Do I feel entirely clear that this is entirely the right, you know, like it alerts my nervous system to pay close attention to what's happening, you know, which is good. It's a lot of energy there. Yeah. So. Yeah. This just popped in my mind as you talked about that anger and that space. <laughs> what popped in my mind was like, oh yeah. And by the way, there were guns on the scene. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, yeah, it's my, you know, my step, my mom's husband does carry a gun and I don't, you know, it's unknown if we know it, we, we do know he has, he takes it with him unknown if he has it on him. And the night before my aunt had called her son to say, you know, cause we knew this was going to unfold the next day when we didn't know what that would look like. And, you know, especially with the state of the world these days, you know, these days it's where people who have maybe mental issues, certain degree, you know, not self-aware, you know, who knows what could happen. So my aunt asked her son to come down and who, who has weapons also, and to kind of be on the scene to make sure everything kind of stays safe. So <laughs> that was also kind of like in the air that, you know, and thankfully didn't go anywhere near there as it unfolded. My mom's husband didn't get upset. I mean, in any yeah, he didn't get upset. He, he stayed relatively calm through the whole process. Which was very, mm. it, it was a little, it was a little like that was in, in the mind a little bit, like, hmm, you know, because there was a couple of months where I was sitting with my cousin and we were watching my mom's husband and being like, he went to his car and was going to the spot where your mom said the gun was so it's possible he went to get it it's possible he was just naming that 
he went to the spot where the gun could be and I'm watching his jacket and there's a kind of heavy spot in his left pocket. I'm just watching, you know, he's just telling me I'm aware of that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm watching, I'm aware of that, you know, and no one wants to have that conversation, but we're, that's kind of in the mix too. And, you know, wow. so there's a lot of energy there. And I think part, yeah, I think there was a sense of grounding out that energy in that space where I really felt clear. I felt really clear that, I don't know, I felt a clear sense of allowing that anger to be present, but being mindful with it. Not like you said, not allowing it to take over the bus, but the importance of having that ground for it, even in the moment, prevented it from really elevating to any sense where I would act in any unnecessary and disrespectful way to anyone in that moment. Can I ask you a clarifying question? When you were sure. speaking, allowing your anger to, to have voice, were your mom or your mom's husband in the room? No. This was just fam This was among family besides them. Yeah. Okay. They were in the other room and, and my mom's husband is a little hard of hearing. So I was pretty, pretty clear he couldn't hear. Although there was a part of like, I don't care if he hears, but yeah. it was definitely not. And there was a sense of, it was not escalating things. So I am finding the, just the idea of bringing guns to be really like, I don't have much experience of that in my life, but just hearing that it's like, I know there are people who do and how much it, it backs up what I was saying about when anger's around, how much it wakes our nervous systems up to, be attuned to safety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just taking this moment to check in with myself, offering a little space for the listener to check in with themselves. And you just, again, a little moment to practice the scales here becoming attuned to yourself and what's happening in your nervous system at this point, hearing this story and connection. I myself am feeling activation would be a strong word, but I, I feel a sense of aliveness. It, I notice it in my belly, almost feels like a little tightness. It, just, it feels like the stomach muscles are kind of engaged. I do notice my voice seems fairly steady. So the activation isn't like up in my throat. It's just more in my belly. And I think that sense of activation, my sense of it is, it's mostly around, do I feel okay with having shared this? There's this sense of a concern in me, a, a part of me that wants to make sure that I'm not uh, harming anyone by sharing what I'm sharing. There's a, a calm around that though, because I'm aware I have plenty of time to listen to this and edit out what, if anything, doesn't feel okay. I really do have the sense of, mm, to me, I felt pretty... I don't think I've really said anything negative about any other human being. I don't think I said anything that was a judgment and without even owning it very clearly as a judgment of my own and my own perception. So I 
feel pretty good about that. And I'll have a second layer of listening to kind of be sure of that, to, you know, to take some more space with that. But to say that that's something I do, I am really concerned about. I really want to share. I have every intention of sharing the material of my life in a way that is helpful to you, the listener, in a longstanding way. And I also want to be harmful, not mindful, not to cause any harm to anyone in that process, which is a kind of nebulous thing, but, but I really want to pay close attention to that. Mm. That feels really good. As you began to describe what was happening in your body, it, it gave me a sense of, I had been noticing some, some things in my body, but then I was like, I don't know why they're happening. And so it's like, if, unless I know why they're happening, it's not worth bringing it up, but just hearing you describe what was happening physically for you felt, um, it felt good to hear. And so what I was noticing, and then as I noticed that it was almost like the, the sensations in my body, as I brought attention to them in a different way, began to shift. So I was noticing a lot of tension around the top of my head, a lot of sort of like a pressured feeling. And then I thought, oh, the rest of my body feels still on kind of a, an alertness, a, a high attention. And the thought that went through that caused a lot of softening was even talking about anger is activating, you know, and it, it feels... I really like when something feels hard or scary or overwhelming to my system of finding, uh, you know, backing up a number of steps, you know, and going, this is moving in that direction. This is the practice right now. This is a way of working with this that isn't harmful. That's within my window of tolerance. And so just noticing, like, just talking about anger is scary to parts of me. And I felt so much compassion as soon as that thought sort of mm. came through. Mm. And that compassion extends to any listener who might be, you know, feeling whatever they might be feeling about any of it. For me, your care of checking in with, have I said anything you know, how do I align with my want to share the material of my life in a way that's of service to the listener and not cause any, I don't even know how you said it, but I'm thinking sort of not causing harm, not, not speaking ill of anyone even. Yeah. There's a lot in that for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, I, there is a commitment to nonviolence nonviolence in action, of course, but also nonviolence of speech. And that is something that's a deep value to me and really important. So yeah, just kind of putting those words to that. And there was something that was listening to you felt there was, it gave me a space to kind of sit back and maybe connect a little bit other kind of broader level, it just gave me a moment to hold all this together. And it connected me back to what you originally said that brought this forward, which was the comment about sometimes 
all you could say is, you know, I'm, this is where I am in my nervous system. I don't have any space. You didn't say that, but you know, that, this is, this is where I am. I'm flooded. I'm overwhelmed. I'm, and this is, this is it. I don't have the space to it. And that's what reminded me of that moment. That was the same energy I carried into that moment of, yeah, I, I don't have space for my anger. I'm really angry and protective. And that, that expression of it in a contained and clear way, like with the knowing of, yeah, I'm venting, I'm clear about it, I'm not engaging, I have no will to engage in any kind of violence emotionally or physically, but I do have this anger that's really flooded. I don't have more space than that. It was that affirmation, I would say. It was the same, it was the same movement in my mind. It was the same statement of this is what I have. I don't have more space than this. This is what I have. I have enough to know I'm not going to act on this. I'm not going to go burst into the room and say, pick, you know, try to assert my dominance or will into the situation. But this is what I have. You know, this is what's here. And it's an acceptance of what is by just naming what is, just by being right there. This is where I am. I'm just totally flooded or I'm totally, I'm angry or I want to run. That and just staying in that moment like that, that first step, like you said, of just saying, this is where I am. And just saying it to yourself, being there with it, with yourself. That's kind of like riding that edge. And that's a really powerful place. Yeah. Yeah, I know we're about to complete and I wanted to I, I, I appreciate, yeah, this, this whole episode, I guess it'll be two episodes, has felt so valuable to me. Yeah. And since almost the beginning, I keep having this movie come into my mind. And well before, almost from the very beginning, maybe even during the meditation, I feel like it was, it was in my awareness and it just keeps coming up. So I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It's kind of funny what the name of the movie is, Uncle Frank. You've seen this movie? No, I haven't. It's a really, really good movie. It's very much about, it's about a lot of things, but family dynamics is a really big part of it. And even though the family dynamics in the movie are nothing like my family's dynamics, it was, it's a bit of a ride. It gets pretty stressful, but it's a really beautiful, touching movie. So I would highly recommend it for anybody who might want a little more time to spend with slightly stressful family dynamics that end up really being felt really touching. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's maybe just take a moment with that and with the whole experience of, of this two-part episode, taking the time to reconnect to the last, these last two and all of the energy that they carried here. Oh, and also, <laughs> I guess as an information, and this will probably, this may be an ongoing evolving aspect of it the end result is my mother is here with me in portland and did not go back home and it's still a kind of emerging evolving process there that i feel very open and fluid with and that yeah that in and of itself feels interesting and something to talk about but we'll just leave it there and see how that evolves together and yeah Anything coming up for you, Jess, here on this episode? And 
just amazement and gratitude for everything that you bring. Mm. Appreciate you. Yeah, I, I feel really good right now. I feel really infused with life, with the embracing of life. And embracing of life and talking about it and sharing it, it all comes together into this just really great living flow. And the more I am, yeah, what's coming to me now is you know, the awareness of really not trying to impose my will onto life, but really stay attuned to it, to its own rhythm, its own, its own dance and how it wants, how life itself wants to unfold. You know, I, I could have had agendas with, to try to you know, extricate my mother from a, when I call abusive situation, but allowing it to unfold, it kind of, it kind of just unfolded quite naturally. I could kind of see, you know, one trying to plan all this in a way, like, you know, maybe we'll plan this reunion and I'll get my mom to come, you know, you could see that, you know, with the family there mm -hmm. and as a support, like that would be the best way to do it, you know, with the whole right. family. There, right? Like or, an intervention. Right. Almost like that. And there was an energy of, there was an energy of like, oh, it happening around my family, the drama that happened between them kind of mm -hmm. pushed it over the edge to, for my mom, I believe was one of the factors, I think. And who knows what will unfold, but that, that sense of, you know, just really trying to stay in my own lane, to put it a very simple way, just focusing on what's my, what's mine here. And it's all like just about my feelings. And if I can get into a, a calm or curious and just clear place and just allowing life to unfold in its own natural rhythm, then that's where that effortlessness comes in. Like I don't have to do anything. I don't have to push. I don't have to try. It's all just kind of unfolding the way it's supposed to. And I'm just trying to be in an attunement with it, in relationship with it, moment to moment. And then life's a gift. And I don't have to ever try to change anything. Just be with myself and be with life as it unfolds. So. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay. All right, gang. It was great to spend time with you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And thank you for sharing yourself, your time, your attention, your heart, allowing yourself to be moved Thank you for allowing yourself to be moved and impacted, however you are moved and impacted by this. Thank you for allowing that. It's very meaningful. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>